This is the Taiwanology podcast from Commonwealth Magazine, where we discuss Taiwan matters and why they matter to you. Coming to you from Taipei, the capital of the freest nation in Asia. Welcome to the Taiwanology podcast. This is our debut episode. I'm your host, Guang Ying Liu from Commonwealth Magazine. Usually, I cover energy and climate, but I also manage Commonwealth English website. You must be asking yourself, why does the world need another podcast? There are already a lot of podcast episodes talking about Taiwan's future, but I believe that the world needs to hear from Taiwan. So we have seen the past few years, Taiwan has evolved from a place that's often confused with Thailand to a reluctant protagonist of a lot of cover stories, including an Economist cover story. That calls Taiwan the most dangerous place on earth. I believe that Taiwan is not a chess piece in the U.S.-China relations. It's more than that, and we need to hear what Taiwan has to say. In the Taiwanology podcast, we'll be talking about geopolitics, industry, culture, and many other topics that matters to Taiwan and matters to the world. And we'll be coming from a Taiwan perspective. For our debut episode today, I'm very happy to have Min Wu Wu Minqiu, the chairperson of、uh, Macronics International, a very important chip company from Taiwan. Well, why are we talking about the chip war? Is because、uh, before the year 2000, when the global chip shortage happened because of COVID, very few people knew what semiconductor chips were. It's only now that people know. That your iPhones, your Nintendo Switches, even your washing machines, cannot function without these chips. And what's more surprising is that more than ninety percent of the advanced chips are actually produced in Taiwan. I think it's time that we have to talk about Taiwan's role in the global supply chain, and most importantly, its role in the chip war. I'm、um, very honored to have our guest today. Sitting in front of me is Mr. Min Wu, the founder of Macronics International. He has worked in Intel before and has over 50 years of experience in the industry. If you have a Nintendo Switch or a Canon camera, chances are、uh, you have、uh, Macronics products in your devices. Welcome to the show, Mr. Wu. Hi, how are you? Good. Uh, good morning. We're very honored to have you here in our debut episode.、Um, so, Mr. Wu,、um, we know that you have over fifty years of experience in semiconductors, and I believe you're the best person to tell us why semiconductor chips are so important for our lives. Yes.、Uh, well, right now everything related to smart、uh, have to have a semiconductor chip in there. Right now, the、uh, Uh, almost every machine, every consumer product, every high-end PC server, they all have a chip in there. That's why the the we call the chip become a the fourth generation of the uh, uh, industrial revolution. What can the chip do? So, for example, can you name a few things in our lives that have the chips in there? Well, the chip has a lot of function. Of course, they have a a chip. Resemble the brands, you know, we call the CPU or MCU type things. So they do make decisions, 
but they do. And there are also many other uh, devices like memory. So you have to like uh, uh, memory different things, or you you can react. For example, you have different sensors. You have a mixed signal. So you have all kind of difference trying to uh, behave like human being. So uh, whatever you have, and then we can find the chip corresponding to that capability. Yeah, I think for Macronics people know that uh, uh, one of the iconic products that uh, that has Macronics chips in it is Nintendo Switches. And are we allowed to discuss that? Well, only in the public domain informations. Uh, of course, uh, Micronis has been working with Nintendo for the last 33 years. So not only we provide uh, some of the memory chip for their uh, control box, but our main business actually is in the cartridge. They decided using cartridge to store all the games uh, to sell in the market. So we own uh, almost uh, 80, 85% of our market share. So that is the big business for us. And because the semiconductor improvement, therefore the, uh, they can make the game much more interest. Wow, okay. So um, folks, uh, take note, your Nintendo Switches cannot work without Macronics. So let's talk about the company you founded. So Mr. Wu, you founded Macronics International in 1989. And now it's the world's leading flash memory chip makers. Can you tell us how it all started for you? Well, uh, since day one, I like to do something on myself. Way back to college days, I uh, majored in the semiconductor. At that time, semiconductor just a beginning. Nobody you know? heard of it, right? Well, at that time, I would say even the textbook is just only a few available. So I think the uh, I choose semiconductor is quite interest. But at that time, the semiconductor industry is very small. But when I went to Stanford to study material science, so I I decided, you know, Silicon Valley is one of the biggest place for semiconductor industry. So I decided to participate in that. But having uh, idea to found a complaint, actually that's a uh, start from my Stanford days because you know Stanford, the professor, student, they all very, very good to start something. So I uh, inherit that uh, spirit. So I decided to uh, do something on my own. But however, the in the USA, the uh, most of the uh, venture capital, they only invest on software because they think semiconductor manufacturing is too expensive to build and the risk is very high. So the only chance for me will be coming back to Taiwan because Taiwan already built up something uh, in the beginning through uh, Mr. Li Guoding. They uh, established uh, this, this industrial by uh, starting a ERSO organization in Yitri. And then they also license uh, some technology from the overseas. So they start training people. So that at that time, Taiwan has a great interest to uh, do something in that area. So I decided to uh, start a company inside Taiwan. Yeah, I think this is a perfect segue to my next question because you mentioned the role of Taiwan and KT Lee. I think people who are outside of Taiwan would be very curious to know 
What makes Taiwan so good at making semiconductors? What's the secret? If you could let us know. Well, I believe the、uh, KT Lee started the industry, but the the person who really triggered Taiwan semiconductor is、uh, the、uh, professor from Jiangdong University. His name is、uh, Hu Tinghua. Okay, so and、uh, from Xinzhu. Yes,、okay. yes, and、uh, that time when KT decided to do something about semiconductor, so he was hired to be the head of the Erso organization. I I believe they are choosing a very、uh, appropriate approach. So what that means, not only they invest money to build R and D laboratory, they build the、uh, the trained people, they、uh, learn the technology. But in his mind, the best way to grow the business is let them to fight in the in the market. What does it mean? Let them fight. Yeah. So that means is once they build up all the know how, train the people. And they spin off the company,、mm-hmm. so they have to make a living in the marketplace on their own. On their own,、mm-hmm. so that is very very important approach. So once UMC went out, and they start move to the next project. So this is a larger、uh, wafers, and then the company they call the TSMC eventually. Okay, okay, so UMC first, United Microchip first,、yes. and then TSMC followed. That's right. So that's their strategy. So they want the people to fight in the marketplace rather than continue feeding by the government's money. Right. So so that is very important approach, in my opinion. That's、mm-hmm. correct way. So at least they establish something, even though they don't have the right technology, they don't have the the right approach. But that is the beginning. The spirit for Taiwanese industrial to fight for survive.、Hmm. So how did how did it start for you, uh, Macronics? Um, was that how it all、uh, like how it started for you? Also,、uh, did Etri, um, help with、uh, Macronics found you know founding? Uh, no, actually, actually, Macron's founding is strictly from the VC capital. So I got no support from government whatsoever, even today. Okay. So、uh, what happened is that the,、uh, uh, as I mentioned, the 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 capital venture capital in the United in the United States they don't support in the hardware, and Taiwan just get started, so they are still willing to take the investment into the manufacturing area. So I decided to、uh, move to Taiwan, and because I can find some money, but that money is very little. How can I survive? At that time, Doctor Hu tell me. He said, "Well, you know, if you want to try to do something in manufacturing, you will face the challenge from Erso, because that's where their territory. So basically, in my business plan in the beginning, we are highlight on the product development, because the product, in my opinion, is more important than manufacturing in the long run. So what I did is I hire in the first two years almost forty. Senior engineer from United States, and move them back to Taiwan. At that time, even United States, they call this is called reverse brand drain.、Mm-hmm. That's very important because you know we need experienced people, and we have huge amount of people who willing to coming back. That's really、uh, forming the basis to train the people and develop new products. So, how did you find these engineers and? How did you convince them to come to Taiwan? Well, in my opinion, language is one problem. 
right? Because most of Taiwanese students who went to United States with age 22, 23, or 24, mm-hmm. right. you know, it's getting too old to learn the language. <laughs> so, so English has never been our native language. So when we work in the industry, then, you know, we have a problem to express ourselves. So it, my experience is in the United States, not only you need technically sound, but also you need to communicate with people. Because of that, I think most of Taiwanese engineers, they are good, but they cannot promote because they cannot communicate with Americans. So are you saying that there is a bamboo ceiling issue? Yes, or you can say the, uh, the glass ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can never really move up. So it is easier for me to come convince them that if they come in back, and then they will have the chance to develop something interesting and grow themselves into a higher position. So I think that is a very, very good reason to recruit those peoples. And that those people provide a very important basis to develop Taiwan semiconductor technology and the products way back to 33 years ago. Yeah, I imagine uh, if I were one of them, it would have been very difficult for me to make this decision. Imagine if I have a good job in Intel or Texas Instrument, those big companies, I could probably have a really good life and I don't I probably don't have to work very hard, but if I'm coming back to Taiwan, it means we're starting from scratch and we're working on something that nobody has ever seen before. So what was the vision you you provided that um, managed to convince them that, yes, let's build something together? Well, I think money is never be a, their uh, concern because in Taiwan, they cannot make more money, but the chance to grow in their career is much higher. So I think that's the reasons why they decided to come back. Okay, so yeah, that's that's very uplifting, very encouraging. So it takes a lot of grit and maybe a spirit of entrepreneurship to be, um, you know, to make the decision. So another question is, um, you're talking about the talents. So it sounds like a, a key factor in Taiwan's success story is really the talents you're able to to have access to. So I just have this question. Why do all the brightest people in Taiwan choose to become engineers? Before we enter that area, you know, uh, when we talk about why Taiwan is good, people is one. And maybe after answer this question, I like to highlight a little bit things why uh, Taiwan really can do better. Uh, way back to early days, you know, Taiwan actually is a just island. No economic development, no matter uh, who is in control of Taiwan. Until uh, 1948, uh, when massive of melon people come to Taiwan, and then Taiwan starts seeing industry, or we call the family industry in the beginning. Right, so at that time, you know, uh, people struggle for living. You know, we have very we have very low living standard. Uh, whatever the money we can make, you know, uh, everybody's happy. So at that time, everybody knows the only way to survive is create something through the uh, factory. At that time, we call factory is the home, right? Yes, we have home factories. That's yeah, right. Yeah. So. 
that's one of the beginnings. So people knows about manufacturing. Uh, because of that, what happened is the in Taiwan, uh, most of the best people either they go to United States for further graduate study or they stay in Taiwan. So they just do manufacturing. So what happened is that best people in Taiwan working on manufacturing, and then in the United States in the world, not the best people working in the factories. So that means is the Taiwanese people, the participation uh, people are very very good in their uh, class or in their minds. So I think that's why Taiwan actually do better than the uh, the rest world in terms of the uh, qualification of people. But also, I think people get used to manufacturing. That's why, you know, Taiwan, everybody in Taiwan trying to do the manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, this spirit makes Taiwan uh, really experts in manufacturing. But then uh, I think in the, the next part of my questions, I'm going to ask you, so how can we go beyond that? So let's take a break. Welcome back to Taiwanology. We're talking about semiconductor chips with the founder of Macronics International, Mr. Minchou Wu. So uh, we were just talking about how talents are crucial for Taiwan's ability to make um, world-class semiconductor chips. So you seem to have more to say about that. There are other secrets to Taiwan's success. Would you like to go into the details? Well, I think the second part actually re- relate to my quantics itself. When I decided to come in back to Taiwan uh, to form my company, immediately I'm going to facing a challenge from Japan. In the 80s, Japan has been the best semiconductor company in the world. Uh, six out of top 10 semiconductor companies are Japanese. So the reason is very simple. Their people are very disciplined and hardworking. Because of that, you know, they produce the best cost of semiconductor and the best quality of the semiconductor devices. So what I suppose to compete with them in Taiwan? Because I don't believe Taiwanese people are have the same discipline. They're working hard. You didn't have faith in Taiwanese people. No, they don't. They don't. <laughs> you know, they, they do not have the discipline because, you know, the industrial product already showed that. So I decided to do something a little bit different. I cannot count on people, but I can count on computers. So I was the first one to develop full computer control production line in semiconductor industry. And because it's fully computer controlled, so we can collect many informations. We can control the recipe, we can collect informations. Because we can collect lots of informations, so that made me think that if I can bring in a statistic knowledge into semiconductor, that will make quite different. So I was the first one in the world to bring statistics into semiconductor. I think that is the one changing the whole world because it's proven that with a statistic method in the semiconductor industry, we can make the best quality product and also we can make the best cost structures in the productions. So because of that, and this technology become developed further and further, many of my 
competitor or colleagues in the same kind of industry, manufacturing, they knew that and they start hiring my people away to develop that. Now this technology uh, is proven that AI will be very good for everything. So 33 years ago, I developed this AI, and this AI make the Taiwan semiconductor manufacturing the best in the world today. So that is very words, important. It was like a, a more intelligent way of manufacturing. So instead of uh, a more manual way, so you you use computer controlled processing. Not only that, actually, this technology can apply to many equipments. So we can understand why, you know, we are seeing some low yield wafers, and then with that, so we develop maybe cleaning technology. We can de developing so-called the chuck technology. We can develop many many different technology together, based on many information we collect, and then that's make the Taiwan the best. So now you can see when we have a factory move to overseas. There are many, many supporting industries will go with it. The reason why, because they can provide many other information together. So this is the reason why making Taiwan become a center of the semiconductor manufacturing. Yeah, so it's a, it's a cluster and it's a group of people who are working together to make manufacturing more advanced by the day. And uh, I think Mr. Wu um, touched on a very important topic that we also want to talk about today because our topic today is uh, the chip war. So uh, we have seen that the, the U.S. introduced its Chips Act last year. And we also saw that TSMC uh, had a tooling ceremony in Arizona earlier. And also we're seeing the same development in Europe. The European Union is trying to do the same thing. Everybody seems to want a piece of Taiwan's most advanced manufacturing technology on their own soil. So what does it mean for, for Taiwan uh, when the most advanced manufacturing of the chips will also appear in other places other than, than Taiwan? Well... It is proven that Taiwan is the best manufacturing place. Even Micron established manufacturing center in Taiwan. So that is the fact. But why TSMC went to overseas? Well, this is not the first time TSMC went overseas. Based on my knowledge, uh, they have been set up a factory in the U.S. long, long time ago, a lot. But the end result is they closed that, that factories. was not a success. Well, I, I don't know, but they, <laughs> they did close, okay? Yeah. So what that means is, you know, uh, manufacturing in USA is not as competitive as in Taiwan. But why they do that? My personal opinion is, of course, every country decide to do that is they are not based on their economic reasons. I think they are based on more national security reasons to do that because the history already proved that manufacturing in U.S. or in Europe is not a solution. Those people are good because they have very good design or they have very good in certain technology area and then they can make it the best in the world. So I, my opinion is TSMP moved to somewhere else, many because their national security concern. Why? 
I think that means it's, you know, Taiwan position has been concerned them. You know, I think we uh, probably can ask those people to tell us the true story, why they think they need us. Yeah, and I think this is the, the kind of question that uh, we can maybe ask them in 20 years, not now, <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be uh, really forthcoming uh, right now. So this uh, this is a new situation that uh, Taiwan is, is, is facing now. Uh, and I think another thing I would like to ask you about is, um, so we talked about Taiwan's expertise in contract manufacturing. So we're experts in manufacturing, but many people, they seem to be thinking that, can we go beyond that? Can we do more than manufacturing? Because uh, we know that manufacturing is hard work. Uh, it's very, very costly. Uh, it really takes a lot of time and resources and, and grit. So I, I know that also Macronix is, is also investing a lot of resources to help upgrade the industry. Can you talk about the efforts? Well, as I said, yeah, my experience in the United States is that the uh, design a product is much important than just manufacturing. And that's why the U.S. technology is much better than anybody else. They know how to make a system work better. So everybody is supporting them. Using iPhone as example, my understanding with iPhone is they make 90% or more profit from the iPhone itself. And the rest of the people, the rest of the world, may only making 10%. So you mean the des design, the people who design the iPhone? No, no, the, the, the Apple is making oh, iPhone, okay. right? Mm -hmm. So iPhone system. But then through iPhone, they make 90% of the Mondays. Not only just selling iPhone itself, but many, many applications from the iPhones. So they make 90% or more of the profit. But rest of the guys, some only make less than 10% for the rest of the guy, including the Taiwan, Taiwan contract manufacturing, you, uh, China workers or Korean memory company. Altogether, they only make less than 10%. So what that means is, you know, if you control the system, you won the world. But Taiwan is only focusing on the manufacturing so if you look at the, all this uh, country manufacturing company, the, their gross margin is only 4 5%. So at least right now, the Taiwan Semiconductor creates some value, and then I think the margin is getting better and better. So what that means is we need to take a leadership in the technology in order to win that money. So what can we do? Manufacturing already demonstrate, but I don't believe that manufacturing can last forever. So the key element of the competition is to create the right product. But in Taiwan, we don't have that much strength yet. You know, we do have some companies claim they can do good job. But however, to take a leadership, I don't believe we are there yet. So that's why I personally, uh, you know, take the leadership in Chung University to start we call the Bingwu School of Computing. We're trying to bring in the experts in computing architecture as mathematician, where hopefully we can start training many students into a system know-how. Mm -hmm. So I believe only can go into the system area and Taiwan will take another leadership. 
but that will take a long time to do that. So with a good base in manufacturing, and now I I hope we can train a lot more people into certain area where we can uh, create Taiwan a even much better place. So we don't just want expert engineers who make things, but also those people who could design things, right? So use brains, uh, not just hands, right? So not just uh, hard work. That's so, correct. Okay. I, I think that's what we're trying to do. But uh, we all believe that will take a long time to achieve that. Okay, look at how much time I spent in Taiwan, 33 years. But right now, a lot of design companies, their senior people are my constraint. Or they've been participate uh, my clients uh, support the uh, we call Golden Silicon Award. So I think we've been uh, helping Taiwanese students to design something in the system or in the chips. So um, I think now we are talking about a future for chips. But I think now um, I'm also looking at the news headlines, and I think some people are still talking about a chip shortage right now. So although it's not as severe as what we saw two years ago during COVID, so do you think we still um, are experiencing a chip shortage now, and how long will this shortage last? Well, I'm as a chip supplier. I have no idea what went wrong. But my gut feeling that the uh, the chip shortage actually come from uh, some very unique technology like big signal power devices. Those are the shortage, not the general memory or MCU or these devices. So, so what that means, if you look at the uh, all the financial report, for example, you look at Infineon, they can make a lot, lots of good Mondays. But if you look at Samsung and Hynix, they lose a lot of money. So what that means, they're all chip supplier, but one is memory, and one is power devices, system devices, they make much more money. So what that means is you have to choose the right application. You have to do something unique so everybody needs you. For example, power devices. Infineon did the chip but someone else may be making, making the same chip. So I heard story is if they using other people to do and find out in the system, they don't reliable. They are not reliable at all. So what that means, they have to stay with this guy. If everybody has to stay with this guy, that means they have only limited supplier. Right. That's why it's a shortage. Yeah, you right? have to so, wait. Yeah. But the general memory is not, right? Everybody, Microns, the uh, Hynix, Samsung, everybody is looking very bad. So doing the right thing is more important. It's, we cannot just use in general in those situation to say this is good time or bad time. Okay, I see. So it's um, unevenly distributed, I could see. Yeah. So um, I think uh, we have learned a lot today. And um, there's just one thing that... Um, it's my burning question. I, I, I feel that, uh, Mr. Wu, you are a very positive person because you have this nice smile on your face. But I think semiconductor industry must be really high pressure. How do you deal with the pressure every day and stay positive and upbeat? You know, tell us your secret. Well, I think that is proper personality. You know, when I grow up, I've been facing all the 
tough situation already. So all my life I have to deal with problems. So I think that's why I make myself much more easy on facing problems. Even though my quan has been in deep trouble before in the early 2002. And then I think I, I can very coolly to solve the problems in four, three, four, five years, and then the company become a profit. So if I cannot against those pressure, then I'm in trouble. So naturally, I believe I have that kind of uh, capability to uh, deal with the pressure. Yeah, so I think we all have a lot to learn from you. And I could also divulge a secret of Mr. Wu. He doesn't have a mobile phone. I think that's the secret of staying happy, actually. Yeah. So thank you, Mr. Wu, for coming in today.、Um, we had a really nice conversation. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Taiwanology podcast. This show is hosted by me, Kuang Ying Liu, produced by Wei Ru Wang and Benjamin During, with the help of Greg Yao. Check us out at english.cw.com.tw. Links are in the show notes. If you like our show, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review where you find this podcast.